Welcome to Dream Chasers Radio, where we are always daring to be different. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be inspired. Let's get moving toward our goals. And here to make that happen is our host, Yaya Diamond. Daring to be different, daring to be different, always daring to be different. <laughs> it's Yaya. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. I am your host, and I always have been your host for the last 10 years. My name is Yaya Diamond. If you don't know, I'm a singer performer, I'm a life coach, and so many other things. I am also your host today and forevermore, as long as I can be on the show. I'm on location today. Actually, I'm on location all week long in beautiful Miami, Florida. I mean, where else could I be? I mean, come on. Miami is like the place to be. So, but I do have some things. I want to thank you for tuning in to 97.5 FM Real Community Radio in Northport, Florida, as well as Bomb Baby Radio in New York City. Thank you so much for tuning in and always being avid listeners. Yay! Yo, I got a special request. And uh, usually I don't do a lot of special requests, uh, but I'm going to do this one here, Whirlwind. Yo, you listening? Happy birthday! And here we go. Here's Whirlwind's song, Feeling. They told me to express all my feelings. Take another trick and I'm feeling Way too high, headed bouncing in the sky Way too hard, they make you cry I cannot apologize They told me to express all my feelings Take another trick and I'm feeling Way too high, headed bouncing in the sky Way too hard, they make you cry I cannot apologize Head is bursting out with pain I don't feel the same It's just another day, another day to throw away Throw away, another day to throw away Fuck that shit is tainted They don't like what I say Damn I guess I made it Just a couple years from now Y'all think I'm the greatest Damn I cannot apologize Tears they fall from down my eyes Don't despise She has my heart until I die can't believe I've been made this far, this shit is too real Went from Bentleys and taking a bar to a new skill People judging, they take it too far, but I do feel They just mad cause I got a car and it's due pills They told me to express all my feelings Take another trick and I'm feeling Way too high, head is bouncing in the sky Way too hard, they make you cry, I cannot apologize They told me to express all my feelings Take another trick and I'm feeling Way too high, head is bouncing in the sky They too hard, they make you cry I cannot apologize Oh damn, I did the impossible Did I apologize? No, it ain't possible Right when I'm mad, stay out of the hospital Say what I want, no bitch, it ain't possible Go to the top, that shit is too possible She give me top, that shit is too tolerable Make fun of miracle, people too hostile shit is hysterical, I am too honorable Y'all call my brother, fade away too much You got me depressed, so I drink way too much I be in my feelings too damn much Take a pill now and I 
feeling way too fucked Feeling no rush, I cannot discuss But I'm okay, I'm okay Bouncing in the sky, they too hard, they make you cry. I cannot apologize. They told me to express all my feelings. Take another prick and now I'm feeling. Way too high, head is bouncing in the sky. They too hard, they make you cry. Oh, yeah, happy apologize. birthday, Whirlwind. Feelings by Whirlwind. Uh, another year, another moment to go forward and do your dreams. Man, I tell you, I, was, I started something the other day. And I wanted to finish it, so I'm going to go ahead, before we take our interview today, I'm going to go ahead, and you guys know I'm in my car. You know that, right? I'm in my car. All right, so let me go ahead and find this, uh, because I really, really want to finish what I had started, and let me see if I can grab it. So if you give me a moment, you guys, here we go, here we go, here we go. Okay, it wasn't that one. It was... It was this one. All right, so you guys know I like Gary Vee, right? So excuse excuse the language. Here we go. I couldn't get any entry-level job in my own company because I couldn't pass the written test or the math test for the two disciplines. I couldn't. I own the whole fucking thing, and the straight facts are I could not work for my own company in an entry-level job. Were you always successful? In everything but school. Didn't do well in school. Poor. Terrible, actually. Um, punted it. And this is where I give my parents enormous credit. Education's the way out for immigrants. Sure is. My mom recognized that I was a merchant, an entrepreneur, and then when I got D's and F's, she punished me. Even though she knew I didn't need school in her heart, she made me know that there was accountability for things. The biggest problem right now is insecurity. Everybody's actions are to get shit to close their insecurity. You have so much time and everybody's in such a rush. They're in a rush because they want to prove something to somebody. Money is not the variable of happiness. To me, life is broken down into complaining and not. So if you're not complaining, well then I have no, I have no advice for you. I'm, I'm pumped. Like you did it. I just don't understand people dwelling and complaining. Like, listen, I really, really, really would have enjoyed being the quarterback of the New York Jets. But by fourth grade, I looked around, I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to be the quarterback of the Jets. <laughs> and so I said, you know what? Instead of being the quarterback of the Jets, I'm going to buy the Jets. There's so many people that are talking shit about how big of an entrepreneur they're going to be and how much they're going to achieve, and they don't work on weekends. The reason I do a daily blog on YouTube is don't listen to what I'm saying. Watch what I'm doing. I want to make patience and empathy and gratitude and eating fucking dog shit for 15 years cool. Mm. Period. Because that's the only way they're going to get it. Right. You know, I worked every Saturday of my 20s. Like, I don't sit in my couch and say, I'm going to be a millionaire and then, like, jerk off while I'm playing Madden all day. Like, people want all these special things to happen, but then they're acting like everybody else. And that gets into the Saturdays on in your 20s. Like, or, or just like taking risks or things of that nature, like, this shit's fucking binary. Either you do the shit that gets you there or you don't. And everybody's focused on the finish line, 
not the treadmill work and the fucking drinking the fucking egg like Rocky fucking Balboa. They don't want to do that shit. So what should we do, Gary Vee? People should fucking stop complaining. Right. People good, should good figure call. out who the fuck they are. You gotta figure out how to try shit. Like that's the only like like you just never know what your favorite food was until you try it. If you only had chicken, you might have not known that hot dogs were the best. So that's what I love about the internet. These kids have so much option to like watch shit on YouTube and feel like my only answer to Nate or anybody like is just like just try shit. The reason most people who are listening right now are not doing that thing is they're worried about the opinion of somebody, usually their mother, usually their father, and the reality is is that your spouse may be the person holding you back and you have to have that conversation. Do you feel like you judge yourself? I don't, and it's what I want for everybody else. We're beating ourselves up. Like, everybody sucks at something, right? Like, we all have shortcomings, and we all have strengths. And for me, it's like, why don't we just audit that? You have to love hard. You have to love eating shit. You have to love people leaving comments saying you suck. You have to love the process. Figure out what your fucking thing is and stop making fucking bullshit excuses. Who the president is, your mom did this, like, like I missed it, I had that idea for Uber. Then why didn't you fucking do it, dick? People decide no before they try. You just decided no because the system tells you no. You've been pound, you've been sold no. If you're lucky enough right now to be listening and you're good at what you like, become tunnel fucking vision. Because there's way too many voices telling you what and how. I want the pain. I want the process. I have the patience. I don't care when I have setbacks. I know that I'm asking for something special. And if you're asking for something special, it should be hard. Everybody's saying no. I just say yes. And then if it's a no, I don't give a fuck. You're going to judge me that I lost? I don't give a fuck what you think. And that's why I get so into that. Because then, then you're not scared to try shit. Because when you don't give a fuck what anybody says about you failing, you love failing. I love music. Own your shortcomings, own your strengths, surround yourself with the other shit, and stuff starts to pop. Thank you for having me. And that was Gary V. You know, I love Gary V because he really, really sets it straight up. Straight up, that's just the way it is. Run it down in between, there is none. Gary V, he is the man. Okay, so I'm going to do one more because I have a little bit more time before my guest calls in. Micro fucking content. Written, know who your audience is. You got your perspective. I just want to be happy. Don't you want to be happy? Kind of lost that you know, 250,000 a day followers. That's like 25 million on the you know, TV show killing it. Uh, the the you thing know, on the entrepreneur OTT? Yeah, more importantly, you, you don't know how to go from the next like, 200,000. What's the 200,000 on Instagram? Follow, it's all engaged. When you get 50,000 people watching a video, let me see it real quick. I mean, it's super fun for me to look at this because it's so like. The, the model, you know, like it feels, so first and foremost, you're not putting out enough content. Okay. Like, like. There's a shitload that we don't put out. Yeah, I don't know what's, I don't, like, first and foremost, this is one day ago, the next piece is four days ago, you went three days without posting. 
Like, I'm posting four, actually, I'm a little down, and I'm upset about it, and we're like, like, we're like, I have like angst that for the last 45 days, I've gone away from my four times a day, five times a day, to two or three a day. You're posting once every three days in that example. Um, I think you aren't posting enough. Let, let me tell you something that's super important that we've come to realize. The micro content's more important than the macro content. You're producing a, I don't know, are you producing a blog? Right. Don't put the blog on the pedestal. Put the pieces of content from the daily blog on the pedestal. It's a reverse, right? 100%. The five or six magic moments, or, you know, right now we're like in this really realizing it stage, so we're having a lot of fun because we keep looking at each other, because every time we have a moment, which used to be a good scene from the blog, we know is going to be a separate video. I mean, I had a... Uh, I had a video from me and YG, the rapper, that got 1.4 million views on, on Instagram that like the blog got 29,000 views for the whole episode. So, so, if you want IG, I mean a couple things, a couple things to talk about. First, I think everyone's getting sucked into IG, period. Meaning, it's so cool, it's so the platform, but like look, not everybody's gonna over-index on IG. Like, IG is, you know, for example, I would like to see you put out four pieces of content a day on LinkedIn. You will impact your business way more if you do that. Just made that switch. From what I'm seeing, first and foremost, it's a volume game. Number two, I think you, um, I think you are mailing in the copy too much. So I think one of the mis in the market right now is people are mailing in copy because it's all so visual. You'd be blown away how much I believe real good cop. I mean, like, be you heart. I like that, actually, because sometimes it's good to just be like, but you're kind of doing that in the content. This is where you can really pontificate. Like, I think one of the reasons why IG does so well is I, you know, maybe people can tell because I have no grammar skills. Like, I write my copy, and as you can see, like, I kind of, at my best, I go there. I go there. I, like, write shit. I think it matters. What's that? Would make sense. Um, content. Content. Uh, more content. It's not enough. So other than volume, what is your advice on just getting into Volume. Volume getting into more hands. Volume first is like, you know, you're like, how do I shoot more deer? It'd be nice if you shot 88 times a day, not four. Let's start there. Comma, okay, now you're talking about strategy. Should I go on a fucking tree? You know, volume, volume, volume. Collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. The way to grow an IG is get the other people to co-sign you. Make content that brings people value to other people. You've got access, right? I would have a strategy on the team of like athletes or business people that have big followings. Figure out how to get in front of them. I know it is. But, but I would argue that I'm not so sold that IG is the best. Because the reality is like, not, and I mean this, like there's a level of like culture in IG that is going to feel forced if you go too hard at it. I got lucky. Like I don't know what else to say. I got lucky that I grew up in Edison, New Jersey, that I went to an all black college. Like I, I got lucky that there was some hidden cool in me that feels authentic now that this is here. I'll be really honest, if I was your business partner, I'd be like, fuck that, podcast IG. Excuse me, podcast LinkedIn, podcast LinkedIn. 
The other question is, what do you want to happen? I actually want global awareness and admiration and fame, admiration, so IG is super important to me. You know, I, I want to sign, like, it's really good that all these five-star recruits all follow me now, that by the time we get our, you know, when I always talk about patience, because I know right now I have every 18-year-old that's a five-star recruit who's going to come out in 24, 36 months and we'll be ready for that. You know? So, uh, but what the fuck are you doing? Like, and by the way... Right. So, like, if you're, and like, you know, there's your noble goal and then there's your financial goal. And everything has to map to that. Right? And by the way, a lot of my friends, and I actually believe in this a lot, if your financial goal enables you to use your noble goal to be just writing checks to charity, then go all in. I'm thrilled being a businessman. I don't bring awareness to my nonprofit. I do that quietly. I'm, I think the best thing I can do in the world is fucking rewire everybody's head. That's what I'm doing well. I'm, I'm like, I'm attacking depression and like I'm doing real shit without it being so obvious. It's getting more obvious, unfortunately, which, which I'm not kidding, makes it harder to do. Anyway, volume is number one. Too many of you, without knowing, are in the bigger piece of content business, not in the micro business. D-Rock used to want to make movies, win Academy Awards. Now he's more excited about making one Instagram chopped up video. I, can, I know him, I know him. If he makes a video that gets 17 million views on Instagram in the next four months, he's gonna be on a high for a month about it. Because the most we've ever gotten are two, I think, right? So. Written word, written word. Yeah, man, you got, you're gonna have to go through your own process of creative ego to practicality of the world we now live in. Are you will. You're gonna be, by the way, you're gonna be forced into figuring it out because it's gonna be the game. Yeah, that's the part. You were forced into it, but now you've learned to love it. But the corporations still like the long shit and they like RT. I think you should be in the more copy, transcribing that interview with the. I don't go live enough, I think. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. More. Yeah. All right. Any other questions you guys? I know that's, that's the one. Yeah. And I get it. And that's the, honestly, that's the number one question people should be asking. So, so the number one question people should be asking me is what is why and what is working for me? Because yeah. that's that's it. Live by, that's all I, I think it's live horrible, by. but if you're a resource guy, say I got X amount of time, you say rather make Instagram cuts out of all the vlogs. Film everything and make 81 pieces of content from it in a day and don't do a fucking vlog. I would literally not do a vlog over the article on LinkedIn. I mean, go answer questions on Quora with your content. There's so much you can do. You should put this video up as much as I should. Because then you can leverage me. You can run it against Gary Vee fans on Facebook. They're a little protective though. Yes, but you know why they're protective? You mean the fans themselves? Your fans are great, but they're... They're protective because if you try to do it just to get them to be on you, they'll fucking kill you because I've made them so authentic. But if you actually try to bring value, and if you go in humility and be like, just like all of you, I love you, you're always very, you're very smart, so it's going to be easy for you. Be like, I also view Gary as a mentor. That comes with humility. They'll fucking love you. If you're like, trying to come in there like a lot of other people and trying to take their money because I'm giving free, they will fucking kill you. I get it, but you know what I mean? That's why.
that is a, a frank conversation uh, between people at, uh, at a conference and Gary V. You know, when we talk to each other, when we're going out, we need to be frank with each other. Seriously, need to be straight up with each other. You know, when when someone says, "Hey, how are you doing?" The first thing I want to say, and I, I pretty much will probably be saying this from now on, is do you really want to know or are you just trying to be cordial? Because I think that we need to be really, really frank with each other. I think that we can help each other. And if we did that, if we are frank with each other, if we helped each other, truly helped each other, we would all be in better situations. I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of music, and we still have some uh, time before my first guest calls in. So um, I just I thank you guys for listening. I thank you guys for always tuning in and always being there, and um, and and always uh, and always being there. Just you know, it's it's ten years in the making, and Dream Chasers Radio has done so many different wonderful things. And, and I'm just I'm grateful that I'm still here doing this, and and even more so now than I ever did before. Um, so we're going to put, like I said, some music on. And don't forget to tune in to my Roku TV station. That's Yaya Diamond TV. We're going to have some wonderful music coming up really soon this week. I'm excited about that. Yes. All right, guys. So here we go. Here's a little bit of music. I'm just going to go ahead and just bang that one.
of a kind She's the only one on my mind Got me spending all of my time Time with her Staying up all night with her Night with her I might just spend my life with her Wife in her She hits me in my heart In my heart like a kick drum Do it from the start From the start She was it She was it I'm falling No parachute Always talking About you I'm telling all my friends I think this is the end Like baby Better know that's Bria
And that is uh, Tasmi with, with uh, Funkadelic. We have our guest on the show right now calling in. I want to thank her for calling in. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Hi, my name is Miranda. I'm a poet or trying to be. I'm trying to be? I think you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know how it is. I mean, poetry is such a tricky little thing. I I released my book and trying to do some good with it and looking forward to helping people with it. Right, right. So tell me, how did you get started? Well, I always, I mean, me and my family, we moved around every six months or so. So, we, you know, between changing schools and dealing with all the different types of cultures and whatnot all across the United States, I kind of just wrote poetry. And it wasn't until I got back from the United Kingdom in 2013 or 14, I was visiting a good friend of mine. I decided, you know, when I, oh, well, I'd like to put it all into a book and see if maybe it can do some good to help people. Because every time I read a book of poetry, you know, when I'm feeling down or going through whatever it is I am, it keeps me going, you know. It gives me that motivation. Mm-hmm. Now, you I mean, you you do a lot. Tell me exactly what you do and why you do it. Because I'm reading here a bio, and, and I'm, I'm very impressed. Tell me, tell me about your journey so far. Well, so far, I mean, I kind of do, yeah, a lot of different things. I mean, I've always been a very uh, creative, artistic person. I got, I got a little, I got a little man at home. He's a year and a half, and I really just kind of advocate for. Tricky to kind of explain because when you when you deal with loss and everything like that, a lot of people mm-hmm. are so caught up, you know, because it's always go, 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 go in the United States. They think, oh, I, I, there's a set timeline. I have to freaking get over grief. And there's, there's no set timeline, especially if there are people that have been in your life and just leave abruptly, whether it be to suicide or, or just an untimely death or domestic violence or whatever have you, you know. It just, when people really make an impression on your life, then – it does take some time to get over. It does. I de- it, def- it definitely does. It definitely does. Now, but tell me, what what did you do to get over? I mean, you are an entre- entrepreneur. You, um, yeah. you coach for dyslexic children. You're a speaker, an author, a host of the Dyslexia in our Superpower podcast. Tell me about all those things. Well... I've just always wanted to give people a chance, you know. I think people just kind of really shy away and from everything, and it's it's good to help those who can't help themselves. So when it when it comes to dyslexia and teaching children to read or kind of like switch the words around and give them the tools that they need, it really does instill that confidence in them because they always mm-hmm. feel so alienated when it comes to their their disabilities. And unfortunately, we're kind of in a society where it's like, eh, we don't particularly like that, so we're going to shy away from it because we don't understand. Whereas there's really genuinely nothing wrong with the person. 
it's just, you know, they have a little harder time reading. Like some people have a hard time learning how to run. It's just how it is, you know? Definitely. How did you, how did you come across this, 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 this goal, this dream, this, this business? Because most people don't think about this. Like you said, most people don't even think about this dyslexia. How can, how can, what happened? Well, I've always been a huge bookworm and I've always, even as a kid, even my, my, my mom would always tell me, I, I always go out of my way to help people. And I'm always the type of person that's like, oh, someone says they can't do something. Well, I'm like, why? Because I want to help them get towards that goal so they can. Because in my mind, I think, oh, this is so awesome. You can do it. How can I help you get to that? And so when it came to that, and my friends in the United Kingdom, they, they don't really have a good they don't really have good resources for those that are dyslexic, so it kind of holds them back. And so when not a lot of people want to uh, take the time and the patience and the energy to kind of teach them little tricks so that they can read, it's, it, you know, it just kind of came out about from there, like just going around helping people, helping them achieve their goals and their dreams and really kind of getting them confident enough to really feel like, oh, I can do this. I just didn't know I could. Hmm. Hmm. You know, so your your poetry, your life, it's it's is it centered around your experiences and also your entrepreneurship and the dyslexia as well? Yes, it is. It it it's centered around not 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 just dyslexia, but all, all different types of disabilities or things that were hard for you, whether it be your economic background or all that, and just really, yeah, kind of breaking out and finding that inner voice and being like, you know what, I'm going to roll my sleeves up, I'm going to freaking get this done, because you never know how many people it could help if you get it out there. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. So I, I love your pictures, by the way. You in the superhero suit and all that stuff. I, you know, I go to the Marvel comics and I come out thinking I can fly, but it doesn't work. Um, so, but I love that. I love. Where did you get those those costumes and and why do you why do you do ultimately do what you do? Well, it's it's really you know I've always kind of wanted to have an idol growing up. So I mean, if you find out socializing with the younger kids and everything like that, what they like, especially when it comes to a superhero, you know, your ideology of, oh, this is the person I want to be. It's, it's awesome. And I had a lot of friends, they do comic cons and whatnot. So they're usually the ones that kind of custom fit the superhero uniforms and everything for me. And we just kind of go around, goof around and have a fun time. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. I love comic con. I love it. I've never been to them, but my friends, some of my friends go. And they have a wonderful time. One day I'll have to just go ahead and bite the bullet, wear the superhero suit, and just go for it. Yes. Yeah, you got it. I mean, so many people, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, goodness, it's, it's practically an art in and of itself, I swear. Wow, wow. Well, where can people reach you to find out more about your poetry and your mission? Um, A lot of, well, my poetry is on all major platforms, Barnes & Noble, um, Amazon, Goodreads, you can kind of find it through there because I got my author thing. And then I have my my blog, it's escolumbine.com. And I mm-hmm. 
write about a lot of different stuff and the awareness and tips and tricks and like the good we're doing for the community and everything and how you kind of find ways around dyslexia and coping mechanisms and all that. Awesome. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners today with, some kind of a motivation or something that, you know, that you've listened to, learned, and something that just doesn't come naturally? Well, I think a lot of people are really kind of afraid to, like, ask questions and and get help. And I think one of the greatest things any one person can do with whatever it is they have is reach out to your local community, ask for help. You never know the plethora of resources you have out there, especially for dyslexia and delays at corrective procedures and everything they have, too. If it's really bad and the tricks don't work for you, it's it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. And then you have that support. Always find someone that is ready and willing to support you and push you to be the best version of yourself. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you for everything that you do for dyslexia. And we're going to go ahead and post this a little later because I'm in my car. <laughs> so we'll post this up a little <laughs> later and make sure that people can actually get your link and go and check everything out. Thank you again so much for calling in and being on the show. Of course. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Good night. Wow, guys. I mean, you know, we all have something that we are going for. We all have something that we want to do in life, and I am excited about that whole thing. Uh, I've never had anyone come on with, with, you know, and talk about dyslexia. Never, ever, ever. And that, to me, is just amazing. I'm going to go ahead and take my next caller. Thank you so much for calling in and being on the show. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Hi. Um, my name is Sidney Stafford. Um and uh, I am a dyslexic um, confidence coach, um, and um, sort of was was a massage therapist, and then saw a giant need in in the world for spreading my message about dyslexia, and decided to turn and sort of focus more on helping kids and boosting their confidence. That is great. You know, I can barely hear you. Is there a way to make your microphone or get closer to your phone or something? Hmm. Uh, is that any better? Ha, ha, ha. Hello. How are you? <laughs> yes. I'm doing well, thank a you. Can better. you hear me better thank now? You. Okay. Oh, great. yes, I can. Definitely, definitely hear you a lot better now. Thank you so much. So you said, can you repeat that, please? Sure. So I'm now a dyslexic confidence coach. I was and still sort of am um, a medical massage therapist. But um, upon telling my story and kind of coming out, um, if you will, and and telling people that I'm dyslexic and and not being ashamed of it anymore, I realized that there was a huge need for, for that. And so I sort of switched gears and started focusing on making sure that the kids knew that they weren't stupid, that their brain was a little bit different, and that that wasn't something wrong with them. You know, this is the second person that said that on this show today. <laughs> second person, and I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing. Tell me more about your, you know, what you're doing and and your um and your progress. Sure. So it started out um, kind of 
explain why I think that will be interesting as well. It started out as um, I I had always thought I had always known that I that my brain didn't that was different. There was something, and I really felt that it was something wrong with me that my brain was faulty that I was stupid and so when I officially got the diagnosis it wasn't until I was 21 years old um, it was part of me felt good because now I had a reason as to why I was failing college and and really struggling and then part of me hated it because I now had a label and it felt like something was officially wrong with me and so I got through college um, sort of have a, had a love hate relationship with my accommodations because I um, hated the fact that they, I needed them to succeed, but then I needed them to succeed and they helped me. So it was sort of this love-hate relationship. But um, I got through college and started a, a medical massage business and was helping people, but didn't really know what I was doing on the business side. And so I hired a business coach and I was working with her and one day we're on the phone and she's giving me this sequence, and she's giving me this sequence of um, nine steps, and I need to memorize it, and then we're role-playing. So she's expecting that I'm, you know, she tells it to me, and then she's expecting me to be able to just spew it all back to her. And so I do, and she, um, but I am messing up the order, and I can't remember all the pieces, and for the first time ever, I started to panic, and so for the first time ever, I outed myself. I outed my dyslexia, and I said, look, you know, I, I'm not able to do this. It's, it's because I'm dyslexic, and I was expecting her to say, like, no problem at all. What do you need? Which I would have said, I need more time. I can totally do this. I just need more time, and um, and she didn't at all. She said to me, well, that, that makes total sense. Like, it makes sense is why you're a successful entrepreneur. It makes sense. And she went on and on and on about the positives of dyslexia. And at that point, to me, it was as extreme as telling somebody that their cancer was a good thing. Like I had totally believed that I had been successful up to this point, not because of my dyslexia, but despite it. And so that was sort of the turning point for me because I respected the heck out of this woman, but I was so frustrated because and mad because she was determined that this was a positive and she's not dyslexic. So I was like, who, who are you to say this? Like, this is not true. And, uh, and she, but she was very insistent and it kind of started the ball rolling down the hill. And so then I just sort of had this, it kind of kept bugging at me for, for days and weeks and until I finally kind of started to delve into it more and, and learn about the positives of dyslexia. And to my absolute shock, I discovered that there was, many of my favorite traits about myself were due to my dyslexia. And so it was sort of this amazing moment where it was like, wow, it, it's both like it's positive and it's um, there are all these challenges as well, but then the positives out, outweigh it. So to me, I felt like I had to spread this message. I felt very important about spreading it, particularly because growing up as a kid, I thought I was stupid for years. And so I, I, very sad to me that there are so many kids who are in the same boat. And so that's really where the mission is, is, is trying to flip, flip this around and to show that it, it is a positive and that there are many wonderful things that come with being dyslexic, but that the school system in general is not set up for the dyslexic brain. And so that particularly when you're a kid and you're graded on how well you can read and write, and those are really hard for you, 
um, you internalize that, usually negatively, and that it isn't looked at like, oh, but you're brilliant at chess or that you're really great at playing the saxophone or anything like that. And all that kind of stuff isn't, isn't looked at. And so even if you do have something else you're good at, which you usually do, that's not addressed and that's not seen. And so these kids are, are feeling dumb and feeling stupid when that's just not the case at all. Wow. Wow. You know, it, it, it's, it's so funny because, being dyslexic, what is that like? I mean, you know, because you're like, you're right. In the beginning, maybe they don't think they're smart, but once you figure it out, how relieved are you to understand that it's not, it's not really that you're not smart. It's just a symptom of, of something that you have. Absolutely. Well, I talked to um, a huge group of a range, like large variety of people on my podcast, Dyslexia is Our Superpower. And one of the things that people always say to me is it was such a relief when I was diagnosed. Um, and, I, and I second that for myself, too, that it, it is really like, oh, thank God, like I'm not dumb. There is some reason for this. But I would also say that one of the other very important parts of my mission is that I'm really trying to explain to the general public what dyslexia really is and what it isn't. When you say the word dyslexia to most people who haven't had an experience with it, they'll say things like, oh, yeah, that's the thing where, you know, you read backwards or you can't read or, you know, writing is, is really difficult. And, yes, a lot of that is true, but that's not where it ends. There's a lot of other pieces to it. Another, um, one of the very common symptoms um, of my dyslexia that a lot of other people share as well is that I cannot, I'm not always good about, you know, if I'm trying to think of a word or I'm speaking, particularly if I'm nervous, uh, I'm surprised I haven't done it yet, this, this conversation, but oftentimes I'll say the wrong word. And sometimes I'll say a really not appropriate word, not because I'm trying to be funny oh. or because I'm trying to, um, draw attention to myself or anything, but that's just what comes out. And so early on, when I was a kid, this is really stressful because it like it was it was an, basically I wasn't able to trust my brain because I didn't know what was going to come out. Um, and I, you know, just to give an example, when I was in sixth grade, um, they were my class was talking about this, how we needed um, a another um, parent to drive for the carpool for the going to the field trip, and so I said. Oh, well, uh, Sarah's mom, she has, and what I was trying to say was an SUV, but what I actually said was an STD. And we had just learned about that in health, and that was stuck in my brain. <laughs> yeah. And so now it's hilarious. I totally think it's funny. But at the time, it was mortifying. Um, and uh, and so I tell that story. Um, yes, please do have a good laugh at my, you know, uh, at it. But also to to show that very often I tell that when I'm talking to educators a lot, because I'm look look, you know, if there's a kid who's doing this in your class, it's probably not on purpose. Um, and I never understood because teachers would always say to me like, you know, why are you keep trying to draw attention to yourself? I'm like, that's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. Like I'm trying to hide in the corner over here. Um, so, just, you know, there's many other sort of facets of dyslexia that, that we, um, you know, don't need to get into. But just as far as just open the idea that there's many other pieces to it um, and then it's not just a reading and writing challenge. Wow. So what have you done to integrate your entrepreneurship and your love of teaching people 
about this this you know this this issue this problem. Yeah, so I would say I, I do two things that I particularly enjoy and I feel very honored to do. One is I have a podcast called Dyslexia is Our Superpower, and I talk to all kinds of people. And the only um, sort of requirement to come and talk to me on the show is you have to see your dyslexia as a positive. Um, and so I've talked to kids, I've talked to adults, I've talked to everybody in between. And, um, and so that's, the mission is really is two things. One is to show that there are so many ways to be successful as a person with dyslexia. And that um, what's so great is, you know, I'll talk to a veterinarian one week and then someone who's training to be a teacher and then someone who has come up with some invention and that's what they do. You know, it's just a huge range. Um, and then the other piece of it is to just create this massive database of success stories. Because I felt mm-hmm. so isolated and so alone. And so I love the idea of being able to be like, look, you can tap into all these stories. So that's the one big thing. And then the other big thing um, is talking, you know, is going around and talking to schools and groups of parents and, um, and kids about dyslexia and, um, and making sure that, that it's not seen as a negative and it's not seen as a death sentence. Wow, and that's important. Definitely important. Definitely important. So, if if you could say anything about dyslexia, it was, it was something that you know somebody don't real they don't realize that they have dyslexia. Or they have a kid, and that kid has dyslexia, and they just couldn't figure it out. What do you what do you recommend for that parent or that person? Yeah, well, I would say the first thing is um, is that. I really, I, I'll, I'll take this from someone else. I did not come up with this, but I interviewed um, someone a few weeks ago for my podcast, and she said to me, you know, I really see dyslexia as if, you know, if you're, you've chosen, you, you've been chosen to have dyslexia. It's like you've been chosen to go to Hogwarts, um, you know, a Harry Potter reference in there. And I just thought that was so great because I really see it as that, that extreme as a positive. It's like, you know, you are part of this tribe. You're part of this community. I really, I, I call dyslexia a superpower, and I really believe that. Um, and so, you know, I, I sort of, the biggest message is you are a dyslexic superhero. You are awesome. Um, and just because school is going to be tricky because the way society really focuses on reading and writing, um, I think one thing that I like to tell parents and kids is that the, the human brain, so a dyslexic or non-dyslexic brain, um, was not designed to be able to read. And I think this is huge because, um, you know, when you're struggling or you're watching your kids struggle, like society has picked this as an important thing, but our brains were not designed to do this. Um, and so that's certainly one thing I, I like to, to tell people. But really that, you know, there's nothing wrong with your kid. It's not a negative at all. Um, thank God we have different, you know, huge different types of brains and brains that think differently. Um, that's what helped us come up with, create new things, solve new problems, all that kind of stuff. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with you or your kid. Um, you know, they or you are dyslexic superhero. Um, but totally fight for your kid and, um, and, and get the help that they need, but not to look at it from a negative lens at all. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show and you guys, uh, where can people reach you? Sure. So um, I, my brain doesn't really understand Twitter, um, so I'm not really on Twitter. 
Um, but I am on Facebook, um, just under Gibby Booth Jasper. And then um, I'm also, my website is just gibbybooth.com. And um, I'm totally, um, I'm very open to people reach out to me all the time um, just to tell their story or to ask a question or anything like that. Um, and uh, you can absolutely do that. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show. And we will have your information up on our site as soon as I get back into the office because I am in my car. <laughs> so, so thank <laughs> That's you so awesome. much. <laughs> All right. Thank you so thank much you. for for calling in. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Wow, wow. You know, I got the two people mixed up. Yeah, I did that. That was me. My fault. My bad. But we're gonna have the first caller back and so that way they could do their interview and um and I can get it right. <laughs> I have everything mixed up here. I want to thank you uh, for calling in. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please, for my next uh, caller. This, hello. Yes, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm a confused person at this moment, but I'm okay. <laughs> so my name is Grace, uh, Grace Lee, and I'm from Vancouver, Canada. Nice to... Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so tell me, what what is it that you do? <laughs> well, at the moment, um, at the moment, I'm a career coach. I'm also a business owner. I own a, a business called Mastery Insights, and a subdivision to that called Career Revisionist. And so I'm creating a mass movement of people who are on fire for developing their careers, building careers of fulfillment, doing work they love, and growing their income in the process. I like it. (laughs) I like it. Growing income, careers, moving forward. Yes, I can visualize it. I can see. So how did you get started in this? Tell me, what, what was it that got you started? Wow. It Well, in a nutshell, I had reinvented my own career many times over. I started my career in academia. This is a very, very different story from the lady who was just uh, on the call with you. I, I started out in academia and I have three, I went to university for 10 years and I have three degrees under my name and I went the full nine yards to my PhD. And at the time, I had decided to do a PhD because I was passionate about the human brain and my specialty is in neuroscience. So I'm an expert in the human brain, human behaviors. And when I started my PhD, I pictured myself on this career track of brain research. And that's where I had began in, in brain research, looking for therapies and cures for brain disease. And as I progressed through academia, I started to realize that although I was passionate about the outcomes, I was not passionate about the work itself. And one thing that the education system does really well is to teach you how to think about your degree program. So it gives you all the technical training in the subject area. But one thing that is really missing in the education program is teaching you how to think how to think about the more important questions in life, like what's important to me and what is the purpose of my life. So I went through 10 years of university 
not being not feeling prepared for my career and I didn't know why. I couldn't figure it out. Why? Why am I not happy? Why am I not fulfilled? And what is it? What does it take? And so in the process, I reinvented my own career many times from going from neuroscience into clinical neurology. And then from that, I went into the corporate world. It, that was my first foray into business. I do not have an MBA. So I was able to reinvent my own career in a completely different direction. And in that process, I really learned that career, a career is not something that you search and find. And this is what society is so used to telling you that you want a career, you got to find a career, you have to apply, it's a numbers game, you have to apply to hundreds, hundreds of months to, to get that career, because you have to, you have to make your resume stand out. But what I learned was that it's not about finding, you won't find a fulfilling career that way. It's something you build, and you build it with strong business acumen, and using principles of business development. And so I really, I started to show other people, I showed other people how to do that. And so I've been coaching and mentoring in career space for more than 10 years now. And it wasn't until recently that I decided to turn it into a global movement. So my movement is called Career Revisionist. And it's about stepping into your identity of being the creator of your own destiny through building wow. careers and, and knowing and being feeling empowered and knowing that you can have the life you want, the relationships you want, mm-hmm. and it's fueled, it's all fueled by building the career that you love. Wow. Wow. You know, I I totally, totally get that. And and you know, you and me, I think we're on a similar path. Um this this station is all about going after your goals and about your dreams. I was talking about this the other night, how people say, Oh, why didn't you name this show Dream Catchers? I said, Because you never really truly catch your dream. There's always an aspect of it that you're always chasing after. And the moment that you think you got it, you don't have it. It's you're always chasing after it. It's never really fully in your grasp. You know. I, I, I mean, can... am I wrong to say that though? Um Okay, so I, I see where you're going with that. By the way, I love the name Dreamcatcher because imagery to me is very important. And so Dreamcatcher, when I hear it and when I saw it for the first time, I was like, wow, that's beautiful because it, it immediately invokes in the reader's mind and the listener's mind an image of dreams and catching dreams. And that is something that's very pleasant. It's, it's also very inspiring. But the thing about dreams is you're right in the sense that when you, when you have it, it doesn't seem like it seems like you don't and that's and that, and the reason why is because of our ambitions we have some successes and when we have successes what do we want we want more we want the next thing what's the next thing and you achieve it and then right. it kind of feels like it wasn't a big deal it wasn't a big deal after all what's the next thing and when does it end you know so ambitious people right. are very guilty and- of doing that <laughs> that's me that's me that's why i named it dream chaser because i have just not I'm always like, okay, I got it. Okay, next. <laughs> so it's like I never really had it, and and definitely I feel that. I feel that now when you when you talk to people and and you get in depth with people because I know that you you talk you you do a lot of different things. Tell me what is the one thing that you find that kind of goes across the board with everyone that you've spoken to so far. One thing that they want or or that they're looking for, or what what do you mean? You know, it's that commonality that we have as people to um, maybe want the best food or, you know, or maybe want the, the best 
the best business or the best job. Um, I find that when I talk to people, it's all about their inspiration, their motivation, but mostly it's it's just about going and doing something that they didn't think they could do. Have you found that one commonality, that one common thing that kind of goes across the board with everyone you talk with? I see what you mean. Actually, yes. Yes, I do. So when I talk to them, what they say to me, like verbally with words, what they say to me is that they just want to be happy. They just want to be, they just want to have a career where they make decent money so that they're paying the bills and they are just happy. No stresses, no, nothing too over the top. That's what they say. But when I work with them and I get to know them more, it's much deeper than that, right? Because when people say that, when people say that's what they want, and then, and then sometimes you look at, you get to know them a bit more, what they do and what their what they're burning desires, what they, how they chase after it is different, right? And, and that's the thing, because most people, they don't play to win. They play not to lose. Right. So that, that, that was, mm-hmm. so that is the commonality is, uh, that I find is that most, mo- most people, when they pursue their career, they're not pursuing their dream career. They tend to pursue what I call a shadow career. And it could be, and partly it is because of fear of failure, but more often than not, it's because they're afraid of their own light. What if it does happen? Then what? Mm. How do I handle that? Right. That is a big thing because it's a wordplay. And, and I'm big. I'm, I I totally get wordplay, you know, and I tell people uh, you got to be careful what you put out there and how you say it because even though, you you know, you're not meaning it to kind of damage what you're doing, in, in retrospect you are. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Kind of going after it not to lose is a is is really a, a mind frame of loss. Mhm. Mhm. But you know we're all driven by our our desires. All of our actions is driven by the things that we truly desire. And the commonality, another commonality I hear is that we all want fulfillment. Fulfillment means different, something different. There are nuances to it to it depending on a person's background or what what per, someone perceives to be missing in their life but they all mm-hmm. pay, they all want fulfillment you know it, it becomes like a career is is what i what i always say is that a career is the greatest form of expression of who you are and the impact you want to have in this world and so when they say they want fulfillment they want to know that the work they do matters right you know, it's 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 complex, and what you do is complex. Mm-hmm. It, there's nothing simple <laughs> about it. Is there? I mean, seriously, think about it. There is really no one way of doing it. There's there's. I mean, there's multiple ways. There's there's, there's just like this crazy. It really truly is crazy, and so it can get out of hand, and it can be discouraging at times because there are so many different avenues that you can go about this. So, how do you help people? When you speak with them, what is what is the first thing that you would tell them if you were in a counseling session or you were talking with somebody? What would be the first thing that you would tell them right now? Uh, I would I would encourage them to get clear on their coordinates. 
And what I mean by that is, you know, how, you know, when you're planning a trip or a vacation, you want to go somewhere, what's the first thing you need to do is you need to know where you go, where you're going, where you want to go. And then, and, and if you, and if it's a road trip, you have to know where you're starting from and then what, where you're, where you want to end up. And then you pick the best route, right? If it's a, if it's a road trip. So it's the same thing with your career. And so it's this one thing I, I encourage them is to really have, get for themselves a clarity, a clarity of purpose and a clarity of direction. And from that, it stems your commitment to build the career with intention and using business development. So the way that I work people isn't, well, I have... isn't really in the, yeah. go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, finish, finish. Oh, I see. Okay. So the, the way that I work people isn't in, is not in the traditional sense where, you know, you think of career coaches and most people think of, oh, um, you help them work on their resume and their cover letters, right? <laughs> so that's not, that's not what I do. I, I, I'm not a, a career coach in that traditional sense. And so a lot of what I do is in, you know, is in the area of personal development, but I'm, I'm showing them uh, a way that, is outside of the hamster wheel of churning out and putting applications and sending them into the abyss where building a great, building a career is much like building a business and building a great career is also much like building a great business. And once you understand that connection, I mean, that's how I work with people. And that's what this mass movement is about of career revisionist. It's identity that I give someone that they can have the future they want. And it's within their reach right. if they apply these principles. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, well, I mean, where can people reach you to find out more? Yeah, I have a so my my site is careerrevisionist.com, and that's like there's two R's in there, careerrevisionist.com, and that that's a website where people connect with me. They can connect with me on my podcast and or my YouTube channel. So there's right now okay. that, that, that platform, careervision.com, is just where people can find me on my podcast and my, my YouTube channel. And, but it, it, at the moment, I'm also running a career intensive where people come in, they connect, and, and for, for 21 days, you know, it's like an intensive where we all come together as a community of career revisionists, and we're all working on our career towards a common goal of building fulfillment into our lives. So it's like as a collective, we all come in. Yeah. So this this is how I've been that that I do work with people is is they 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 come in and they join this intensive and together we work on it. Mm-hmm. We work on the common goal. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so <laughs> much for being on the show. I had such a wonderful time on the show today, even though I kind of fudged it a little bit because I got everything completely confused, time swaps, and all kinds of stuff. However, we got through it tonight. I want to thank you again. Please tell everybody one more time where they can reach you. Absolutely. I Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk with you as well. Again, my the website is careerrevisionist.com. Awesome. And thank you so much. And until next time, You're you so got to tell me what else is going on because I'm very interested now. You got me. You got me. You got me. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love to come back again and we can chat again soon. Definitely, definitely. All right. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow. You too. 
Wow, what a wonderful show we had today. You know what? I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going to leave it at that. We're going to go ahead and go ahead and go. Get off and stop. But I want to say that we had a very inspiring show. We had a poet on the first. Uh, the first interview was a poet, and she has her books out. And what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and put every link that we had here below this interview in the description box, and you can click and go to the uh, – or copy and paste and go to those uh, particular websites. I'm going to do that as soon as I get back into my office today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. It, 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 you know, it's, it's always interesting here. It's always interesting. There's not a dull moment here at Dream Chasers Radio, and I have to say that I am loving everything that's going on. And all the people that have been on this show, thank you guys so much for being on the show and being a part of this show. And um, I think that I'm done here tonight. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm gone. All right. You got Chick-fil-A? We got Chick-fil-A. I'm going to go eat. Good night, everybody. I didn't 